Today's advanced training. Seven touches. <laughs> now, uh, if you've been around uh, the Fitz group for any amount of time, uh, you may have heard this. If you've just joined us in the last few months, you've not heard it. Uh, I, the last I track when I do different trainings, and um, the last time I did this was in December. But uh, I think it's something that's incredibly relevant to today. Uh, if you're watching this later, today is May 12th, 2020. And today we're dealing with the pandemic and um, as agents, now you may be watching this two years later going, oh, that's old news. But right now in the midst of it, we're transitioning from being in-home salespeople to being in-home salespeople who make sales over the phone, which is different than being a telesales person. Let's be clear about that. Uh, but um, in that transition, one of the real fears uh, in making sales over the phone is that we don't get as much business placed and we don't have as much stay on the books. And so uh, one of my, there's, there's maybe a handful of teachings that I feel like are sort of um, cornerstone teachings for the Fitz group and cornerstone teachings for the Fitz. Uh, and this is one of them, seven touches. Uh, I want to jump into it tonight uh, or today and, and talk about how to improve your placement and how to improve your persistency. Okay. So first, placement. Let's talk about it. Let's define what placement is. Uh, how much of your submitted business gets issued and makes it through the free look period? How much of your business that you submit makes it through the underwriting process, it gets issued, and it makes it through that state-mandated free look period? How much of that? Because the answer is your, your, your placement. That's the percentage. Let's show you the math of it. Uh, an example would be you submit 10 applications. Eight of them get issued and placed. That's an 80% placement. So 8 over 10 is the fraction, 80% uh, is your placement. 80% placement is good. That's a good number. Uh, most products are, are priced for a 75% placement. Most of the, the uh, life insurance products that we sell are priced to, to that 7.5 out of 10 uh, are going to get approved, and the clients are going to accept them uh, during that free look period. Next thing we need to define is persistency. How much of your business... Uh, your placed business stays on the books for three, six, nine, and 13 months. So of the business that you got placed, that's the first number, placement, how much of that sticks for a long period of time? Uh, that is called your persistency. These are industry lingo terms. If you're new to the industry, you need to adopt to these terms. You need to learn these terms. You need to be fluent in these terms because insurance companies are going are gonna to talk to you in, these, in this terminology. An example of the persistency, you got eight of those pieces of business that you submitted. Eight got placed. Well, and six are still in the books in 13 months. That, that math is 75% 13-month placement. It's a good number. Insurance companies like that. Uh, insurance companies expect another 20% to drop off the books in the first year. Insurance companies aren't stupid. Uh, they price things knowing that not everything is going to get issued that the agents write. Not everything is going to stick on the books that gets issued. So they, they, they know this and they price their products accordingly. So they're not going out of business because they have some agent that doesn't check with underwriting ahead of time or doesn't do their due diligence on the back end to keep it on the books. So these two things are really, really important. The litmus test. The question is, do you have bad placement and persistency? Here's the, here's the litmus test. When a client cancels, do they call you? Do they text you? Do they email you? Or do they call the company? How do you find out? 
In my early days, how I found out was a fax. The fax would go off. Bing, bing, bing. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the fax machine would start spitting out this paper. And the first thing I saw at the top of that was a letterhead for an insurance company. And as soon as I saw that, I knew it was a client canceling. That should have been my flag that I had a problem. That should have been my sign. But I ignored it. <laughs> my story in the field. So... Uh, some know my story, some don't. Uh, I, I, uh, I got my insurance license in July of 1999, and by Thanksgiving of 1999, Heather and I had picked up from North Carolina and moved out here to start an agency. Uh, I sold mortgage protection for a whopping two months uh, before we picked up and moved out here. Uh, September and October of that year, I sold mortgage protection, and then in uh, in November at Thanksgiving, we moved out here. Now, I, got, I moved out here. Now, now, understand the move out here, we had to convince our family that uh, it was the right thing for us to do. Uh, Heather's parents sat down with her and tried to talk her out of moving. Her, her dad, who's an engineer and got an MBA, her dad was like, you've been doing this for two months and you're going to move halfway across the country and do it all by yourself? Are you crazy? What company does that? Well, independent contractors do that. <laughs> Entrepreneurs do that. But that wasn't his world, and so he didn't, he didn't relate. I was grateful. My mother was like, hey, you know what? you got to chase the greener pastures. If you don't, you'll always regret not trying. So, so she she kind of gave us that nudge, but we were, we were thinking it was going to be a six-month move out here. Remember? We're going to be out here six months. We're going to build up a massive agency, be able to move back to North Carolina. It's now been 20-plus years. Uh, we are Texans. It's, it's got a 20-year test. If you're not born here, it takes 20 years to become a Texan. Uh, we're official now. But, um, but soon after we moved out here, I got a letter. Six months after moving to Dallas, I got a probationary letter, letter for placement. Here's how it went. We were uh, living in our apartment, and I went to the mailbox, got the mail from an insurance company, the only insurance company we represented. I knew had no friends out here, no company out here. It was just, just that one company we had. That was it. And I get this letter, and it says, uh, you're, I'm paraphrasing, your placement sucks. You got 90 days to get it better, or we're going to terminate your contract. That's kind of a tough pill to take after convincing our friends and family that it was the right thing for us to do out here, that all of a sudden I'm being terminated for a term I'd never even heard of, placement. I was like, what is placement? What the heck is that? Uh, I called up Andy, my, my mentor. I was like, Andy, I got this letter about placement. I'm getting terminated. He said, I got the same thing. <laughs> I said, what is it? He said, I don't know. <laughs> we were new to the industry. We had no idea what these terms meant. And so I... Um, I started pursuing wisdom. I started pursuing people, and I would ask them questions. Like, before you take advice from somebody, you really need to find out. Like, if somebody's giving you marriage advice, ask them how many times they've been married, right? Maybe they know how to get married, but they don't know how to stay married. Like, don't take advice from them about staying married. Um, if somebody's, you know, giving you advice on finances, it's, it's good to know what their, what their uh, fruit on the tree is. Do they have good fruit, or is it rotten, right? So when I was talking to insurance agents, these, these traditional insurance agents out there, I would ask them terms like, uh, or questions like, what is your placement of your business? What is your persistency? And when they came back with good numbers, I started asking them, how are you doing it? How do you do that? I remember sitting down in Hawaii on our first awards trip. We sat down with this gentleman and his wife. They became friends. And I remember asking him, what is your placement? Oh my gosh, that's off the charts. What is your persistence? Oh my, how are you doing it? 
And so I went to a, an organizational meeting for uh, our industry, one of these industry networking kind of deals. I went there and I talked to, to good insurance agents there that have been in the business for 40 years, asking them, what do you do to, to get business issued and what do you do to keep it on the books? And from that, I came up with this. This is the system I came up with. Now, uh, I, I don't know if it's proprietary. I, 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 I don't know. But it, for me, like this is... I had to piece this together for me. So I like to claim it as my system. Uh, soon after, though, uh, soon after we hired Joanne, the first staff member we hired, I was explaining to her the system I had for getting business issued and keeping it on the books. She said, oh, that's like seven touches. That's where I got the title. I said, seven touches, what's that? She said, well, she and her late husband were, were uh, singles pastors. And she said, whenever somebody came to visit us uh, in our singles ministry, we believed that we had to touch them seven times in order to keep them around so when they came in the door for the first time we made sure to shake their hand touch one you know and then when they left we made sure they had a, a flyer of what the next event was going to be touch two and then touch three we would call them up and and make sure they knew about the next event and at the next event we might give them a magnet they could put on their refrigerator like there were seven touches if we touched them seven times we knew we were gonna we had a better chance of keeping them around and and that was what they needed to do that's what their mission was was to grow that singles ministry and so we started calling it seven touches at that point what i'm going to go through today is is the actual seven touches now i think you're going to see 13 touches uh there's more uh more touches never hurts uh i remember as uh, in middle school for the first time reading gulliver's travels i don't know if you ever read the book i read it in middle school or if you watch the movie the latest version has jack black as gulliver it's, it's a good movie but I remember when, when, when Gulliver landed on the island of Lilliput, right? And Lilliput had, the Lilliputians were these little bitty people. And, uh, and he was shipwrecked on the shore and he wakes up, Gulliver wakes up and he is tied down to the, sh to the, to the ground by these little bitty Lilliputians. And um, I remember reading that, and I'm, I'm in seventh grade, so uh, maybe seventh, eighth, I'm middle school. And I remember reading that, and I had to pause for a second. Now, who I am today is really who I've always been. Uh, and my first name is Alec. You remember it by remembering smart Alec. That's, that's how you remember my first name. And so I, I read that, and I was like, how in the world are those little bitty people tied down a full-size, grown, normal man? How'd that happen? I mean, they're not using big ropes because they're little bitty people. I mean, imagine a rope the size of you. You can't hold the rope, a rope the size of you, and tie somebody down with that. So it must be like they were using dental floss to tie this guy down. And, and I thought, man, that had to have been a lot of dental floss to hold down a full-size, you know, 6-foot, 220-pound dude. In Jack Black's case, 6-foot, 250-pound dude. Like, that's a lot of dental floss. My point there is, and there's something in sales called tie-downs, the more you tie down that client, the less likely it is they can move from it. You're, 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 you've got them, right? And so we just use a lot of dental floss. So the seven touches is a suggestion uh, of seven, at least seven. The more you add, the better chance you have of getting business issued and keeping it on the books, and even better, getting more referrals and helping those families and helping them, okay? So um, seven touches. Touch one. Oh, I should say this. This process will help you put more business in place and keep it in place, reduce the amount of time dedicated to personal production, and increase the number of referrals, which can reduce your lead bill and overall cost per sale. I cover those bullet points unknowingly just now. Uh, but it's going to more business in, in place, less time dedicated to personal production. If you free up time, if you no longer have to spend seven days doing personal production, what else can you do? Anything you want to do. 
<laughs> some people take that time and dedicate it to building an agency. Some people take that time and join a wine club. Some people take that time and take four days a week on vacation. It's whatever you want to do, but you've got the choices now because you did it the right way. And increase the number of referrals, which we hear constantly from top producers, and that's just profitable business. When you don't have to pay for a lead, you got a referral. That's just no-brainer, right? So, number one, phone call to book the appointment. Now, we're in these unprecedented times right now. Drink. And so um, what I'm covering is assuming that you're going to a home. Now, you may have to tweak this a little bit of, hey, I did this over the phone, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop it uh, from, from being the same process. The first step is the phone call. And, and honestly, a lot of people, that's their only touch with the client is that phone call. Now, in the phone call, I believe in setting proper expectations. Uh, another teaching I do is called double booking your appointments. Um, and, and I teach on that. And, and that's what I did in Dallas when I was running appointments was double booked all of my appointments. So I always had somewhere to go. But I always gave my clients realistic expectations of when I would be there. See that? See, in, in building these touches, what you're building is trust. You're building a relationship. And so um, I wanted them to know that I could be there 30 minutes early or 30 minutes late. Is that okay? You know how traffic is in Dallas. And, and I can't remember a single time somebody said that's not okay. I mean, everybody was always okay with it. Everybody knows how traffic is. Uh, we're right now, uh, essential workers are having to face non-essential workers going back to work. And they don't understand the speed limit's now 93 miles per hour. Like, it is really frustrating coming here to work in the morning behind people who just don't know that for the last eight weeks we've been flying to work. So, phone, <laughs> I know, my 11-minute commute is taking me 13 minutes. It's driving me a little nuts. Okay, so phone call to book the appointment. That's, that's touch one. Touch two is running the appointment. So I've got several subsets here. I've got four different sub points to this, running the appointment. Um, I'll just cover those, those points. Gov running the appointment, give them a chance to back out. This was a tough one. I remember learning this, and I thought, man, this is crazy. This is crazy, because what if they cancel? Like, I need this sale. I need to pay rent. What if they cancel this policy? So what we did at the end of the appointment is, in the home, I would slide the app back across the table, and I'd say, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I think you've done a great thing tonight. I hope you feel the same. Now, you've just committed to 360 payments on this. It does not, neither one of us any good for you to take this tonight because you feel like you have to, and six months later from now or tomorrow, you cancel it. None of us win. You don't have coverage. I don't have commissions. Nobody wins if you do that. Now, I only want to leave here with you covered if you feel like it's the right thing. If you feel like it's too expensive, if you feel like it's too much coverage, look, we can change it now. We can adjust it now. Or if you just right now, you're feeling like I have put serious pressure on you and there's just no way you want to do this, let's just go ahead and tear it up now. I'd rather that than six months later you to cancel. It's six months down the road. You're not getting your six months premium back and you have no coverage. So I, I've been ineffective with you. So what I want you to do is one of two things. Either push this back, you're okay with it, or tear it up that you're not. And four times I sat at that table while the client tore it up. And it, I could feel my heart tearing <laughs> when it happened. I've taught this to people individually. And they're like, man, that takes guts to push that. And, and I said, yeah, but those four, they were going to cancel people. They were going to cancel tomorrow. They were going to cancel on my way home. I saved myself from having bad placement. I saved myself from having bad persistency by having them tear it up now. Once you submit it, it counts against your placement. And if your placement sucks, they will fire you. Once it's at the underwriters and it gets issued in place, like if they don't keep it, it counts against your persistency. And if your persistency sucks, they will fire you. 
Insurance companies don't do anything that, that costs them money. Everything makes them money. If it doesn't make them money, they don't do it anymore, including keeping you around. They will get rid of you because you're losing them money. Okay? So that was given the chance to back out. Most of the time, they're like, we're very happy with this. There were several times they said, you know what? It is a little bit high. Can we do something to adjust it? Absolutely. I can lower the premium. I can lower the, the, the face amount, rather, or I can, I can shorten the number of years we got you covered. I can take some of the bells and whistles off. You see how I did those? I guess it's been 17 years since I've been in the field. I still do. We can lower how, how, the, the face amount. We can shorten the number of years, or we can pull some of these bells and whistles off. That's, that's, that was my every time. And, and we did it, and we got it, and they kept it in place. Okay. Uh, the second part of running the appointment, nip replacements in the bud. This is my favorite. I loved nipping that replacement in the bud. Inevitably... There's going to be an agent coming behind you promising that client that you lied to him. If you don't prep them ahead of time, you're in trouble. Now, by the way, side note, we are moving a lot of index ULs right now. If you're going through the illustration with somebody and you're not showing them those first five years, that if you're trying to pull their money back out, it's actually less than what they put in, you're going to lose that sale later. Like, make sure you're showing them. You've got to keep it in here 10 years to let it, to let it play out. Don't, don't put money in the next year, try to pull it all out. You're, you're going to be disappointed with your returns. When they get that annual statement back, they're going to look at it and go, what the heck? I put in 21,000. It's only worth 18. Yeah. Don't you, you got to nip it, nip it in the, in the bud. So like Barney Fife used to say, well, a lot of agents come on board. And one of the first questions they ask me is what do I put in my business card? Go, business cards. I didn't have business cards for like the first five years I was in the business. See, insurance companies give us free business cards. They're called folders. <laughs> you got this material, these folders, and I would go to the home with the folder of materials in it, maybe some, some uh, children's whole life information in there. I'd leave behind their receipt when they purchased uh, a product, you know, uh, uh, maybe an American equity uh, uh, brochure or something that shows them the, the, how the index works and all that sort of stuff. I mean, all kinds of stuff you can leave them. But, but when I was done with the appointment, I would open up that folder on the left-hand side, no business card. On the left-hand side, I would leave, I'd write down my name, my address, home, because I didn't have an office. Home address, my phone number, my fax, my cell, my, my uh, carrier pigeon service. You know, today, maybe Facebook, maybe, maybe, maybe Instagram handle, Twitter. Leave them all your information. And then right below that, draw a line. Right below that, what you're writing is the details of what they bought. Basically, the declaration page of the, of the policy they're going to end up getting. You kind of go through and just say, here's what you bought. You bought a 30-year term $100,000, 30-year uh, level term, $100,000 death benefit. Here's the benefits. Here's the riders, return of premium. Here's the money you're getting back with that return of premium. And here's what you're paying per month. I wrote it all down, just bullet points, not essay form, just bullet points. And I'd say, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, there's going to be agents that come in behind me. And you may bring them in just to kind of price shop it and make sure that you got a good deal. And there are a lot of unscrupulous agents out there, and they're probably going to try to convince you that I lied to you. What I want you to do is open up this folder while they're here and you just let them know what you've already bought and the company that you bought it through and, and ask them if they can match that. If they show you something dramatically different price-wise, it's not the same. Make sure their bullet points line up with my bullet points. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, if they're like $20 a month better savings for you, let me know. That's a company I want to sell for. It's a product that's clearly better for my clients, and I don't know about it, and I can get it. So I want to, I want to find out about that. So I need your promise, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, that when, you look through, when, when, when the agent is here, while he's still here, if, if he's convincing you that you've got a wrong deal with me, I want you to call me while he's still here. I'd like to talk with him, just make sure of, of what we got. And you know, a handful of times I had clients call me. Mr. Fitzgerald? Yes. 
this is Mrs. Smith, and uh, you told me an agent would come out here, and they're out here telling me that you lied to me. I, oh, it's no problem, Mrs. Smith. That happens. Just do you, If you don't mind, just put them on the phone. I'll talk to them real quick. And so she would put the agent on the phone, and the agent never had experienced this before. And I promise you, had never experienced the bear, the lion that was coming through the phone at them, ripping their throats out. Because that agent was attacking my client. I defend my clients. I defend my family. Alpha male, baby. So uh, I, I put the nice, meek, uh, uh, sheepish agent aside, and I went full force on that dude. And uh, I'm not always proud to say it, but it, it may have had some profanity laced in there. Uh, but I let him know in no uncertain terms that uh, lying to a client, uh, I'm sure the Texas Department of Insurance would appreciate knowing that you are out here lying to clients. Uh, I know your product. We can call your company right now. I know that what you're offering her is not what they actually offer. And it's going to be a real, real quick call to the TDI to help you lose your license. If you would like to do that, we can certainly pursue that route. Now put Mrs. Jones back on the phone, Mrs. Smith back on the phone, uh, because she's a nice lady. She doesn't need you in her home. And, it, and I, 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 I kind of cleaned it up just now for you. I, I left it a little bit more raw with him. Uh, but when, when I got her back on the phone, she's like, Mr. Fitzgerald, I don't know what you said to him, but he's kind of crying a little bit and putting his stuff away and he's leaving. Yeah, Mrs. Jones, unfortunately, he's one of those guys that's coming out there lying to you. And uh, I'm so glad you called me. I was able to save you from that guy. And every, sing every single time the client called me, saved it. That would have affected my persistency later if I had not saved it. So I'm glad I did. Uh, plant seeds for future sales. I, I, I hear my friend Joe talk about all the time how he, I'm just farming, man. All I'm doing is planting seeds and I'm watering it and sometimes the plants come up. And, uh, and that's what planting seeds for future sales is all about. You know, if you're in the home, the power of observation, kids running around. Do you have, you have coverage on those kids? What else do we know about this family? They also have parents, right? Maybe they're still alive. Hey, your parents still alive? No. Uh, well, uh, or yes. Yeah, they are. Well, when they pass away, how are you going to pay for that? Uh, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, then it's you. How are you going to pay for that? <laughs> uh, I've got something. Don't worry about it. I've got, I'll put a note in your file. When I come back later, uh, I'll bring you information about that. Not a big deal. On the kids, I got, I got something for that. No big deal. Uh, when I come back later, I'll just make a note of it now. When I come back next time, we'll talk about it. I may be able to do something for them. Um, have you started saving for college at all? I, I, hey, let me ask you, Mr. Jones, you said that you've been at this current job for four years. What did you do before that? Oh, really? Hmm. Did you have a, a retirement plan there? You did. And was it a 401k, IRA? What was it? it was 401k. Oh, and how's that 401k doing in the market right now? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, okay. Hey, you know what? I, I got some things. I might be able to save you from that bleeding. Have you heard about tax-free retirement yet? Anybody told you about that program? It's been around like 30, 40 years. No? Okay. I'll make a note of that. I'll bring it back next time. See, I'm just, I'm, I'm making notes. I'm making notes and I'm planting those seeds. I have, I'm not trying to sell them everything on the first date. I'm just taking care of what they need right now. I can add the other stuff later. They are going to be clients for life. They're not clients for now, okay? Point four of running the appointment. I promise you that the other uh, 10, of, 10 steps I'm going through are not as detailed as the appointment. But in number four, give them proper expectations for communication. Nothing is more unnerving for a client than to give you their social, their health information, their banking information, and the authority to draft from that bank account for the next 30 years. Nothing is more unnerving than that and never hearing from you again. I, I know that when the guy come, came by a couple times to sell us magazines and I bought and I didn't get my magazines, I felt like the guy had lied to me. Now when they come by, it's like, hey, man, here's 20 bucks. Just keep it. I, I don't want any magazines. 
<laughs> That's what you want anyway, right? It's $20. So um, we have to set the expectation for communication with them. What I always did was I'd say, hey, Mrs. Jones, just so you know, Mr. Jones, I'm going to call you once a week, text you once a week, just let you know where we stand with your policy. We, we don't have to have the conversation. I just want to update you on where we are in the underwriting process. Okay? And, and just I set that expectation. It'll be every Friday. I'd, and that's what I did. Every Friday, I called through. Uh, the texting wasn't real big in my day 17 years ago, uh, but I would call through and leave them a real short 30-second 30, 30 uh, message, right? And that's, that's point three. Call to update the client on the progress of the application. Now, now I set the expectation in the home that this is going to take four to six weeks to get approved. In all reality, our non-medically underwritten policies, even back in my day, were taking two, three, four days, maybe a week. So that first call on that Friday would be, hey, Mrs. Jones, I uh, just want to let you know that uh, your policy is moving through fine. Application is looking fine. Uh, right now, the underwriters are, have requested your motor vehicle report. That's not unusual. They do that on every application. They're just looking for your driving record. Not a big deal. I'll keep you posted. Call you back next Friday. Click. I didn't have to talk to her. I could just leave a voicemail. But if I talked to her, great. If I didn't, no big deal. If I shot her a text, that's okay too. But just that added touch of setting that expectation. You know, this comes from, uh, I often quote this movie, uh, Ghost of the Mississippi, and it's, it's a true story uh, about the assassination of activist uh, Megger, Megger Evers and, uh, and his widow. Well, Megger Evers was murdered by a member of the Ku Klux Klan. The all-white jury surprisingly found him not guilty, and, uh, and, and, and it was a mistrial, right, all broken up. Well, 30 years later, Alec Baldwin, the assistant DA, uh, that's he wasn't really the assistant DA. He's the actor who played it. Uh, brought back up this case, and they brought it back up. Anyway, he, um, I remember him saying, and it was, it was a good movie. Uh, it's based, I think it's uh, historical fiction. I think there's probably some things that aren't completely true in there, but it's, it's a really good movie, moving. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg plays the, the widow. And, uh, and Alec Baldwin, in his horrible southern accent, says, Miss Evers, I will call you every week until this thing is finished, you know. And, and she's like, yeah, 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 whatever. I heard all that before. Well, he calls her up, and this, at this time, she's living in Seattle. He calls her up. He, I can still see the, the, the scene. He's at this, this gas station. It's got like a dirt, dirt road kind of gas station. He's at a pay phone. I don't know if those exist anymore. He's like, Ms. Evers, we've just reached a dead end. There's not a whole lot more we can do, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to see this through. And finally, in exasperation, she says, why do you call me every week? You don't ever have good news. Why do you keep calling me? He said, well, Ms. Evers, I told you I would. Like the next day or two days later, she shows up in Jackson, Mississippi with all the evidence he needs to close the deal. And he said, why didn't you give this to me before? She said, until your call the other day, I didn't really believe you were going to see it through. I know that's a movie, and I don't know how much of that conversation actually happened, but I do know when I call my clients every week to update them on what's going on with their policy, it stayed on the books. I didn't just get trust, I kept trust. And I would get referrals and I would get extra sales all because I did what I said I was going to do. Number four, call to install the policy. Once the policy has been approved, now in my day they sent all the policies to us and we had to mail them or deliver them. I had mailed some, but most of them I delivered. And, uh, and, and I did it and installed it like my friend Joe talks about. I installed it where, like maybe they buy a dishwasher at Best Buy, they come to install it. Well, I wanted to go sit in front of them again, make sure of what they'd gotten. 
Like, so we, I, would, I would call them to install that policy. Hey, Mrs. Jones, it's like the second week. Hey, Mrs. Jones, your policy's been approved. Now, nowadays, they, I think most of the carriers send it directly to the client, but the underwriters, if you're in communication with them, you know when it's getting sent to the client. You can estimate when it's going to arrive. A couple days later, set up a time to go sit with them and install the policy. Make sure they know what they bought. Then, touch five, install the policy. Actually sit down with them uh, and go over it. Here's what I did. It takes about five minutes. And I told them that on the phone. It's going to take about five minutes to go through it, Mrs. Jones. The first thing I did was open up to the declaration page, and that's all the bullet points of what they bought. Then I'd flip to the back and go, here's the original application we filled out. Everything in between is good insomnia material. If you can't sleep, read this. It'll put you to sleep. It's the insurance company's way of protecting their butts. It is good reading, uh, but you might get lost in it. But this is your policy. It took five minutes to go through it. Then I would present to them, you know, I told you when I was here last, you told me about how your 401k had been cut in half this year. I, here's some numbers. I just kind of ran preliminarily on, on what you're looking at. Now I'd present that second sale. A lot of times I'd make that sale then. A lot of times for me, that second sale while I was in that home was on their kids, children's whole life. I mean, I, I, would, I was moving children's whole life policies like crazy in my clients' homes. Number six, 30-day checkup. In 30 days, you call them up and say, hey, Mrs. Jones, how's that mortgage protection working for you? What are they going to say? It's going great. They haven't used it. Nobody died. You're just checking in. How's it going? It's going great. Hey, you know what? Did you guys, uh, did, 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 I, did I tell you about that children's whole life yet? Maybe now is the time that you're booking another appointment. But it's just really just checking in to see how they're doing. Touch and base. How's everything going? How are you doing with the, with the quarantine? Everybody living okay? Everybody, anybody sick? Anything I, anything I should know? Number seven, keep in touch letter or text. <laughs> This is, uh, there's lots of systems out there online now that you can go and set up an automatic mailer. Maybe you have a texting program. You can set up an automatic text that goes out to them, but just send them a little update. Uh, if you're part of Presence Club, they got these web press videos that are awesome now where you can send them a little update on, uh, you can send them a little video on, hey, key man policy. I know that you own your own business. Have you looked at a key man policy? Here's a quick video explaining it. Or have you heard about tax-free retirement yet? Here's a little three-minute video explaining that. You can kind of shoot them those little texts or, or, uh, or letters. And then right behind that, a week later, you call them. Hey, Mrs. Jones, I didn't hear back from you on that text I sent you about the tax-free retirement. Did you get my text? I want to make sure you saw that video because it may not be for you, but you may know somebody that doesn't know about not having to pay taxes in retirement. And I'd love to talk to them about it. Number nine is a 60-day checkup. Number 10 is a 90-day checkup. Wait a minute. You're calling them once a month? Yes. Once a month, I'm calling them again. Why? I'm just trying to stay in front of them. <laughs> just trying to stay in front of them. When they are at the water cooler tomorrow and, uh, and, and they're at, at work and their coworker says, I really need some life insurance, who are they going to recommend? Are they going to recommend the guy that they gave banking information to, their personal health information, uh, uh, social security numbers, and never heard from them again? Or are they going to refer you? So this is where you get into Michelle's sta standpoint where, where we, have, we have Michelle who gets calls from clients saying, hey, can you go sell insurance to my five sisters? It's because of staying in front of the client that, that, that when they, it's like a wordplay. They say insurance agent, they go, fits. Like it's just an automatic knee jerk. They think of you. They're going to think of you or they're going to think of Allstate or State Farm. Statistics show that if somebody buys life insurance once, they will buy it seven times over the course of their life. I'm not saying they buy, cancel, buy, cancel, buy, cancel. I'm saying they add more policies. we got a lot of policies in our household. I didn't cancel any of them, <laughs> right? People do that average of seven times. They're either going to buy from you or they're going to buy from State Farm or Allstate or New York Life. And I love those companies, but they don't pay your bills. 
Number 11, swing by the house. You're in the neighborhood. A lot of times you'll find when you're running leads or getting referrals that you're working the same neighborhoods. And it was cool. Like I, I would try to keep my leads together and keep my clients together and know when I was running in that area that I had clients there. And I would be intentional about swinging by that person's house. Not every time I was in the neighborhood, but I just swing by. Why just swing by? Because friends just swing by. Friends swing by and knock on the door and say, hey, I was just in the neighborhood. want to say, hey, while I was in second, uh, here for a second. Hey, I know we got to keep our distance. Just want to say, hey, got to go. Everything good? You good? How's that 401k going? Did you guys take a look at the tax return? Hey, are your parents still healthy? You guys need to take care of that. I'll call you. We'll set up a time to talk about that. No, no, no. Let's set up a time now. Okay. Swing by their house. Number 12, birthday and holiday greetings. Birthday and holiday greetings. Maybe send them a birthday card. Send them a birthday text, if nothing else. Show them that you're thinking of them. I love keeping birthdays in my calendar. When, somebody, when, when today is somebody's birthday, I like to shoot them a quick text. Now, I got a good friend of mine that does not celebrate birthdays, part of his, his beliefs, just doesn't celebrate birthdays. So what I do every year on his birthday, I say, hey, brother, 40 years and nine months ago, I'm glad your parents got it on. And he's, every time he sends back a text, ha, 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 I said, man, I love you. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you today. I'm glad you exist. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I, I will send somebody that's not my religious beliefs. I will send them a greeting in their terms. Why? Because it's in their terms. And, and I'm, I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> the thing about faith is none of us really know that we're right. <laughs> right? So I'm just guessing I'm right. They're just guessing they're right. And it doesn't mean that we can't be friends and I can't send them a card saying, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you. Happy fasting, whatever they're going through, I don't know. But happy birthday and holiday greetings. I had a Jewish friend of mine one time say, you know, Fitz, you know more about being Jewish than I do, and I'm Jewish. I was like, it's because I have a lot of friends that are Jewish, and I care about them, so I know. Number 13, it doesn't stop here, but the annual review. Annual review could be a semi-annual review, could be a quarterly review that you're touching base and, and maybe you're talking about a hospital indemnity plan over the phone or may, may hey, Mrs. Jones, last time I was at your house, you mentioned, and I kind of tucked that away, but I, you mentioned that your family has a history of cancer. Did you know that for pennies on the dollar, we can actually put a policy in place. If you get cancer, you get $10,000. Or if you, if you get put into a hospital, we can get up to $600 a day for you while you're in the hospital. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, I can just do it over the phone. Not a big deal. <laughs> just like that, you're pivoting into additional sales. But listen, we care about our clients, which is why we're doing this. We also care about our families, which is why we're doing it, because we want business to stay on the books. To recap, this process will help you put more business in place and keep it in place. This process will reduce the amount of time dedicated to personal production. Everything I just described doesn't take a lot of time. And this process will increase the number of referrals, which can reduce your lead bill and overall cost per sale. I hope that's helpful to you. Um, let me know if I can help in any way. Talk to you soon. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.